welcome to episode 8 of Oaks Online. My name is Emma. And I'm Hannah. And we will be hosting today's episode. Um, we had a busy weekend. Do you want yes. to ask me about that? Yeah, how was Impact Sunday? Um, the quiz as well. Oh yeah. yeah, well the quiz came first. So we did the quiz, yeah. tier fun big quiz night on Saturday night. And it was great fun. John organised it. It was very tech It did sound savvy. good fun, yeah. yeah. Um, I think there was eight rounds in total. We didn't win, so I've blocked it out of my memory, obviously, <laughs> because it's not important anymore. Um, no, I'm joking. We, it was great fun. Uh, it was on Zoom. Um, well, we do it yearly, don't we? Mm. So, yeah, really good. Um, I think, John, just um, tell me how many people in the country did it all together. 8,600. 8,600 wow. teams was that, wasn't it? Not necessarily people, or was that people? People. People. That's amazing. Did it, yeah. And so, Derek and Jane won. Yeah, Derek wow. and Jane. We're not telling them who won, John, because we didn't win, so it's not. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Derek and Jane won their, their team won. They did very well. Wow. It was close in the end. I think the top three teams were three points apart or something. Did you not it? come in the top three? I'm not talking about it, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sore. <laughs> I know, I know. No. Um, so thank you to John for organising us with that. But mm. um, we'll let you know how much we raised in total as well. In fact, it might already be on the screen. Mm. So that's good. Um, but you asked about... Impact Sunday Impact as well. Sunday. Yeah. I wasn't able to go. Well, the one in Eckington went very well, I heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a couple over there that they were interviewing about their outreach in their community, and, and I heard that went down very well. The one in Drumfield was a bit chaotic, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, our guest speaker, unfortunately, couldn't call me, was very, was very ill. Um, so me and Gwen, we were leading together, and we had to improvise a bit. But it was absolutely fantastic. That's good. Um, we had, it really came together as, as family people stepped in and shared because the focus was on mental health um, and it was just really real and vulnerable and mm. um, I know I'm probably biased but yeah I thought it was very good. Sometimes it's quite good um, like when it's not as staged mm. when people just come up and um, just say say what they think and mm. add bits to it so it was yeah. definitely more lively mm. <laughs> I'd say that I know it was really really good you're right yeah. sometimes when we our plans go mm. awry it's better isn't it mm. Um, we have this episode, we've got quite a few things coming up. We've got Andy Evers coming down to give us a bit of an update and an interview on life, which we'll move into shortly. We've got a report on, from the food bank, that's New Hope Food Bank that we work with over at Killamarsh. John went on site, off site to film. I think he thinks he's a news reporter now <laughs> uh, to uh, go off site and get some footage. Uh, we've got the hot topic this week, we've got Mark Cook with us. And some notices later on, so <laughs> a few Mark Cook fans over here. <laughs> well done, Jack. Um, okay, so should we move over into the interview with Andy? Yeah. Okay. Welcome, everyone. We have Andy here with us. Hello, Andy. Hello. You all right? Uh, yes, from Life Drumfield. That's right. We are here to interview today. Uh, we've got a few questions that people have sent in, so we'll ask those first, and then if that sparks anything else that you want to tell us, then obviously please do. Brilliant, yeah. Um, so we've all seen your presentation, which you've kind of recorded. If you haven't watched it yet, you can watch it on YouTube. We'll put the link below this video. But we've had a few questions that have been sent in. The first one is, when did you realise you had a vision that you were carrying, and what was it like? And how has that since evolved or been shaped since? So uh, I think... 
Uh, right, it was 11 years ago. We'd moved to Dronfield, me and my wife. What camera? I don't know what camera I'm on, sorry. This one is okay. One there, Keep right. going. <laughs> so me and my wife, uh, we'd moved to Dronfield uh, about 13, 14 years ago. Uh, worshiping at St Andrews, but I've always had a passion I've, for, for church, for God's church. Mm. I don't really understand denominations. <laughs> they're cool and they're great, but I don't, I've never really gone. I, I'm a Christian, if I'm asked. So uh, I just had a vision. Uh, my wife was just, we, we had kids, young kids, and it was like, what is there for, in Dronfield? And I was involved with youth work, and it was like, what is there for young people? And then having spoke, speaking to people in mates at church, they'd gone, yeah, they're sort of missing stuff for sort of the, the older people in the town. And I was like, well, okay. Seems to be a bit of an idea sort of forming here of maybe we could look to open something as the church mm. and I feel really strongly that as church we need to get out of our buildings uh, we need to I don't know the exact bible verse look it up there's a challenge but it's about getting out and actually as church we should be getting out mm. getting out from within our buildings yeah focus on our focus on our people and what we've got going on but equip them to then get out as well and do stuff and it was like what are we doing as church and by church I mean not a single denomination or a single church as church in the town. There was stuff going on, Liberate Valley and other churches together things. Uh, and then it was a case of, well, okay, maybe there's, uh, there's something about us going out as church together mm. and looking to meet the needs of our community. Uh, and then through uh, I, that following year, I did Mission Shape Ministry uh, training for the year uh, and passed that. First qualification I've passed in my life. Um, and then, but also got involved with other projects. So Tube Station down in Poles F, uh, the Life Centre that we came up with Life before then, but anyhow, <laughs> the Life Centre in Romilly and how churches are doing that. And they're seeing people come to faith and seeing people discipled. And it was like, great. In all of those cases, they're single churches, but my passion is to see the church yeah. built up. Uh, and God's put us in Dronfield through, I'm not going to bore you with the details, but he put us in Dronfield clearly as a family. And it was like, well, okay, this is the sort of a vision for a place for our community. Yeah. And I shared it, I think I said in the video, shared it at St Andrews and made it really clear that it wasn't a church thing, it was the church. And then it went to churches together probably eight or nine years ago. Uh, David Marquez stood up and said, this is a defining moment for the church in the town. And then we were sent out by churches together to build a team and... Mm. Here we are, like 10, 11 years later, uh, about to take over the ownership, well not the ownership, the lease yes. of the parish halls yeah. and all of that. So yeah, has the vision changed? No, the vision is still exactly what it was, which wow. is to get out, meet our community where they are, show them love In and a new fill our churches. Place. Yeah, my mates, well, my, my mates wouldn't come into a church. Mm. Why would you go into a church on a Sunday morning? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why would you? Um, one of my mates did come to church this Sunday and his wife was in tears because she didn't realise what church was like and it was totally different to what she was used to. So amazingly, when people meet us and then we go come to church with us, yeah. they then go, oh, this is not what I expected. Mm. Um, so, yeah, has the vision changed? No. Has it, has it developed and grown and become much bigger? Yes. Yeah. And will it continue to? That's the whole vision. We get into that building, although we're doing loads of other stuff already with the, with the eggs and the just Christmas bags going out this week and all of that stuff. But when we're in the building, it's then a case of said, okay, what are we doing as church? Let's stop working as individuals, churches, let's work together. Um, and what, what, what is needed? So for example, had some parents, when we did our community needs questionnaire, uh, sat down with some mums, primarily one dad, 
and said, what is there missing? And one of them said, oh, a um, sensory room. Got a Down syndrome child, we need somewhere. There's, there's, there are some in the town, but they're in schools. Nothing for members of the public to use, preschoolers to use. I was like, well, how much is it to put a sensory room in? Mm. Oh, grand? <laughs> Let's do it then. Mm. Uh, so we'll be putting a sensory room in phase one. Wow. Uh, so it's adapting to what our town wants yeah. and just showing them love. Mm. So these little side projects, I don't know if they're side projects, but the things you talked about with the Christmas hampers and things. Uh, yeah, they're part of, so our, our, our vision as a, as a charity is to go out as Christians and love our community yeah. and share God's love with them. So Having a building to do it in is great and we'll be able to do shed loads more in there, mm. but that's that's not the vision. A building is not a vision. That's what I was going to say. So those bits, have, have they been um, brought by team members that you've gained around you or have they just come out of the original vision which you've already no, shared? No, they've come through trustees. So yeah. the Christmas hampers, I think we're up to at the moment 160 going out. Mm. Um, I think about 40 or 50 will be district nurses. Yeah. And that's where it came from. We approached the district nurses a year or so ago and just said, look, what can we do? as a charity and they yeah. were like well can you do Christmas hampers of course we can yeah and then we've gone out into churches so I think church wise within the town there's I think there's 80 or 90 I'm actually doing all the figures tomorrow <laughs> so there's 80 or 90 who've come in uh, saying they they want packages going out mm. so yeah that's and it's just us as a charity going how can we love our community more yeah it sounds fantastic yeah you want to read the next question? Yes, yeah, so the next one is what most excites you about the vision today and why? What most excites me is tons. I've had 11 years of thinking and praying and working on this vision and I can see so much coming out of the building. So at the moment, as I sit here now, my excitement is around the building. I've had 12 hours worth of meetings last week with builders and what have you, and loads of other stuff going on. I'm excited at the moment about the building, but I'm equally excited about then what's going to happen when we do that. I'm excited about having a space for our young people in our town just to come and hang out that you can call your own. Because mm. where have you got currently? Sainsbury's car park? <laughs> like, and you, you just looked at, you're under 18, you mm. live in Dromfield, sorry, you're a nightmare, you're badly behaved, you swear and you take lots of drugs, that's just how it is, unfortunately. Obviously, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, he's a, he's a ringleader, really. <laughs> yeah, no, but there's, there's so much to come out of it, but at the moment, my, my mind is sort of occupied with Christmas stuff. Christmas tree, going into the parish church on Thursday, Christmas hampers going to be packed on Saturday, Friday we're at Christmas fest. So I've got reindeer bags and reindeer lollipops and snowman soup is what I'm currently on. <laughs> but tomorrow is my day off. Is. Tomorrow's <laughs> my day off, so I'm in the parish halls uh, meeting with people. Um, yeah, just I've sat down with, the, with, the, with uh, James Staves today, today, the guy who runs Staves, the state yeah. agent, and he's just bought me bags and bags and bags of stuff for the Christmas hampers. Brilliant. And that's wow. really exciting. That actually, we're finding a lot of our support is, is coming from the community and it's coming from the people of Drumfield going. Well, they've clearly caught that vision, want. haven't they? What you're yeah. telling. Mm -hmm. How old are you, Jack? 13. 13. So, Andy, you've been carrying this for the majority of Jack's life. Can you imagine. You tell, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, Jack, can you imagine doing something for that long? Like, how do you keep your enthusiasm? Because you're clearly still very enthusiastic. How have you kept that over the years? It's this, it's this book, it's called The Bible, mate. <laughs> 
you read through that, you read through the Bible, and there is just story after story after story of people not giving up. That's what happened with Moses. How old was he when he, when he left Egypt? Late teens, early 20s, goes off, becomes a shepherd. They reckon he was about 80 when he came back. Took 60 years. Mm. I think one of the biggest problems, personally, I think in the church in our country, is short-term Christian mission. Let's do it for a year, and if it works, great. If it doesn't work, we do something else. Mm. What? Well, we give up. Mm. We give it a go. Oh, it's become difficult. Get on with it. Have I had moments where I've gone, is it time to give up life? Yeah, they've been fleeting. Yeah. The only reason me and my family are in this town now is because of Life Trumford. Mm. Um, yeah, God, if God puts something on your heart, get on and do it. In fact, come to Filling Station this Saturday. Uh, <laughs> that's what all the prayer's about. I'll be leading prayers, that's what it's about. If God gives you a vision, why would you give up? If yeah. God told you to do it, get on and do it. So, yeah. There's a lesson and in that for all of us. There is a lesson in it. But also, I've had people surround me. So for you guys, I've had David and Muriel Dalton. Yeah. I've had Judy Thompson. Mm-hmm. And I forget the name of the geezer in the Bible. But he's there, he's on this hilltop, and the battle is raging beneath. And when he has his arms in the air, they're winning. And the moment his arms start to drop, they start losing. And he's running out of energy. So what does he have? He has geezers either side of him that hold his arms up. And it's been like that with me. I've had support uh, from your church from those three guys mm-hmm. um, but why do other people within the town but nationally the support from people around the country going you're mental mate <laughs> what, what are you doing well you it's are a bit sad. mental <laughs> yeah, you speak to but yeah no and what are we doing what are doing doing a project with 13 churches now yeah we began as 16 we're down to 13 in our town wow that says there's a problem to mm-hmm. me um, didn't realise I'd that. hate to see the church attendance in our town. I think from what I can hear from most churches, their attendance is dropping. Mm. They aren't growing. How much longer have we got? Well, we've got forever because we've got the Lord and he's got it sorted. But we should be getting on and, and, and working for him. I, um, I won't say the name of the Christian denomination, but I went, I, was, um, I went to their headquarters on a thing all about doing... Um, basically getting finance in to renovate church buildings. Okay. And there are about 80 people there, and they got us all to stand up, and they said, right, if you are this denomination and you are working on getting rid of your pews and putting in chairs, sit down. If you're this denomination and you're looking to do a project, please sit down. And they gave all these things, and I was just stood there left. <laughs> and they were like, what are you doing? And I said, and he goes, yeah, we've heard about you. Can you explain what you're doing? Wow. I think at that point there were 14 churches. I said, well, I'm working with 14 churches to open a Christian centre. Mm. I was laughed at, genuinely laughed at by all these other people in the room, just laughed at the stupidity. What, of because Christians it's a joint? Oh, right, wow. How dare wow. we work together? That's what a bit scary, isn't it? Why would we do that? But I was l- literally laughed at because of it. Well, my attitude is I'm a Christian. Mm. You guys are Christians. The guys in all our churches in our towns are Christians. Which church is best in our town? We're all equal. Mm. We worship in different ways yeah. for an amazing God who loves us regardless of who we are. And he loves me for my personality. And I worship in this way and he loves that. Mm. So we're all as equal and as valid. I just want to see our churches grow. That makes mm. me very sad that you experienced that. But also, in a way, glad that we have, in our town, we do have that churches together in Dropfield and District where there are churches that do support each other and 
Because I was yeah. literally at the CTDD exec last week and there's so much passion in there that we don't always see eye to eye in every situation, do we? But we are there to meet together, to worship together in different ways. And like you said. Yeah, yeah, we don't always see eye to eye. I'm sure there's about 1% of theology we disagree with. But we've got to spend eternity together. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to spend eternity with Jesus. And we love and one another. And I think another. we stand together on the fact we love him. And the only way into heaven exactly. is through loving him and repenting <laughs> and following him and choosing to put your life mm. in his hands. We've got to so preach here. <laughs> we don't need, mate, but this is a, a live evangelistic preach well, going on. We need to be doing it. <laughs> love it. We need to stop hiding behind our own little defences mm. and going, this is mine and I'm protective of it and I don't want anyone touching it. And we go, do you know what? Let's go on and do stuff. Mm. It, it's gutted that we don't have the kids service anymore. Mm. But they just we haven't got the people to run it. Yeah. Uh, but embrace uh, on Sunday. Uh, well, not this Sunday, last Sunday. I had to get out extra chairs. Because the 20 odd chairs were full of young people from across our churches in our town. That's good. And we had to get out more chairs. So when I say God's doing good stuff, he's doing amazing stuff. Good. So mm. I don't know. I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> Go on. We've got one more Sorry. question, Jack. Do you want to read it? Yes. Question three. Like, what Make activities easy, will happen when phase one is open? So phase one, um, we're, we're praying that phase one will open with phase two and phase three. Got to find another half a million, but there's, there's figures in pies and I'm doing stuff. But phase one is the front of the building, and that's the bit that the whole town see. And actually, the town see a building that is not in the best condition. Um, so we want the front to look amazing and the town go, oh, what's going on here? Mm. But the front offices, I, I work out of the uh, David Harvey room, which is the office on the right-hand side. I work out there currently one day a week. Uh, the parish church have kindly gone, yeah, use it. Mm. And then the parish church, uh, Joan works out of the other office and um, they need to be sorted. It's, you can see the water on the walls. It's a bit damp in there. So, the, so they're going to get sorted. So we're going to have nice offices, Nice little kitchenette, toilets, uh, but then upstairs there's going to be a free-to-use sort of toddler children's play space. Uh, and initially, if we do just do phase one, there'll be tables in there for parents, and there'll probably be a coffee machine or something like that. There ain't <laughs> going to be no fancy barista, but there's going to be some, some basic refreshments. But there's also going to be up there a big conference room. Um, so that room will be available for people to hire out, for meetings to take place in. Uh, and bring in a little bit of revenue. And the current plans with phase one also involves complete new re-roof, uh, new lift shaft, or the shaft for the lift going in, and the small extension to the side. But if anyone wants to come and look at the parish church, let me know, Tuesdays, I'm in there, more than willing to give people tours. And if you as a church would love a face-to-face -face presentation, we can do it there, space people out, mm. and I can give you a full tour of the building and how it's going. But yeah, fingers, fingers crossed, I'll say fingers crossed, hands together. Um, we'll hopefully begin. The plan was to begin phase one at Easter. I've got to raise another hundred grand, and maybe a little bit more on top of that to get phase one done. Okay. But so well, that in. brings us to a good, a good close question. If people want to give either money or their time, they can get in contact with you, can't they? And, and yeah, that, I've so. I've got packs I can give out. There's a finance pack. At the moment, yeah, we need money. And what, if people want to gift to us, great. If people want to give regularly to us, mm. great. We're really fortunate in that within the town, we have uh, just just under £1,300 a month coming in, in gifts from individuals and from some churches. Um, so, yeah, there, there is money. But actually, 
the two real key things. Number one, obviously prayer. Yeah. The more prayer, the better. Um, get get our newsletter, jump on the website. Some dodgy geezer From called our Robin church, yeah. Heller. <laughs> He's done our website for us. It's stonkingly brilliant. Yeah. Um, so there you can click on there and you can get get the newsletter. This this month's newsletter went out at the weekend. But yeah, team, we need to build our committees. Okay. Uh, for this to happen, I can't do it. Uh, with the current trustees that I have. Mm -hmm. They're wonderful, but we all have jobs or other things going on in our lives. So yeah. we're just trying to build the team. So there's, uh, if you go on, to, if you go, if you watch the presentation, it's all on there Brilliant. at the end, mm -hmm. what we're after. But yeah, get in touch. Yeah. Well, thank you, Andy. Yeah. That's been great, hasn't Sounds it? great, yeah. yeah. Very yeah. exciting. And for youth, what do you want in there? I mean, that's part of the questions. I've got a sort of idea in my head of what you'd want, but when we get to that point it's a case of saying to you guys what do you want and i'm thinking friday night drum and bass night and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm jack um, and josh will be well i haven't that. got the skate ramp i've always wanted a skate ramp but we can't fit one in so i'm uh. just gonna have to build one in my garden yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah get involved find out about us uh key we're just after after the money the focus at the moment is get the money mm. um but, but also what what else can we do call, in the community currently what needs doing? Where are their needs? Brilliant. Where are their holes mm. that we can fill? And we're developing a team of volunteers who will just get involved and do stuff. Mm. Um, are you all sorted with the Christmas stuff now, or do you need more things for that as well? Or um, the Christmas hamper stuff, I mean. Yeah, when's this video going out? Um, this week. So this week. Yeah. We need it by three o'clock Friday. Um, oh, wow, so yeah, maybe yeah, we're so, yeah. it a bit back. So, yes, yeah, <laughs> stuff, Christmas hampers stuff. Uh, but we'll do it next year. Start of November, we begin with Christmas hampers. Yeah. Uh, Everyone gonna, knows about so, it, so yeah, they should have good. hopefully given by now. Yeah, we've, got, we've, got, a fair, we've got a fair amount of stuff in. Plus, we've had financial gifts, uh, a charity in Sheffield who we're quite closely connected with, um, have given us. A, a nice financial gift towards it so we've nearly spent all of that money but then as a charity we'll be shoving 500 to a grand in mm. to get more stuff so it sounds fantastic mm. andy thank you so, so much. yeah but friday if you see this before friday come up to christmas fest i'll be dressed yes. in my dodgy suit trying to sell more <laughs> stuff and fill people in about the project okay so yeah no, loads going on good um can we pray for you before you go please do is that yeah, all right more, more prayer the better yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Father, thank you that Andy has shared his heart with us today. He's clearly so passionate and it's just amazing to see and inspiring that he wants to get out in our community and help um, in any way they can. And we pray that this um, money that he, that they need, this 100 plus thousand pound, we, we ask that um, that will be provided, Father, by you. We pray that um, they will not struggle to, to find this money before Easter. And we pray that this lease with the building will just go smoothly. And we just we just pray for your blessing, Father, on the team. Just just grow that team. Bring the people, call the people that need to be there. Um, the people who are gifted in, in all this, these different areas that they need, Father. Just bring them to this team. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Cheers. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is David, he's our, he's our man from the food bank from the Oaks. So tell us David, just, just tell us a bit about what you do. 
Uh, every Monday morning I go to Sainsbury's and collect all the donated food and then the co-op on Pentland Road, all the donated food and then bring it here to Food Bank and then we unpack it, pop, pop everything in separate, separate uh, baskets, tins, packets and then it's all dated and put on the shelves, ready to go. And there's quite a lot of people that you uh, then send the food out to. I've just been noticing some of the posters where it's been nearly quarter of a million since this food bank quarter started. Quarter of a million foot, uh, meals. Yeah. 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 And uh, this year alone is 24,000. That's right, that's right. So once we've uh, sorted all, all the food coming in, then it's put into bags. We have one child bags, two child bags, one adult bags two adult bags, so they're all, they're all ready for people to pick up, um, all pe everybody is uh, referred, referred to the food bank, the people can't actually come here and get it, they all, they're all referred by various uh, agencies, and uh, it's, uh, all the bags go, are delivered, uh, personally delivered to, to the family. So nobody comes here. And is this operational every day, or is it just on Mondays? We, do, we, are, we just come here on Monday, but the deliveries go on every the day. time. Yeah. yeah. So do you think you need more volunteers to help on this? We can, we can always do with more volunteers, yes. Um, is that sorting, or is that collecting, or both? Uh, no, collecting is sorted out. Uh, it's just sorting the food out here on a Monday morning, 10 till 1. 10 to 1. Yeah, and a cup of tea at 11. <laughs> Can't go without a cup of tea. And a biscuit. And a biscuit. <laughs> Out of date biscuit. <laughs> so this is Sharon. We've all met Sharon before when we've been doing the book exchange. So here we are at uh, the food bank. Tell us what you're doing here then. Um, coming to help with new hopes with the food bank and I started doing this during lockdown when they were really short, about over a year ago. So at the moment I'm helping unpack the deliveries and also load the bags up which are all here. These are the ones that actually go out to the clients when we get referrals. And then also I'm involved with delivering for Eckington so I do all the Eckington deliveries which if you look in the storeroom at the lighthouse it's very full of parcels at the moment. So we have a great team here that get involved and so I'm here because I want to serve God. So by deliveries, you mean delivering out? To delivering out, yeah. So people get referrals from either the doctors, citizens advice bureau, social services, um, support workers, or the job centre. And then we get given the referrals via Jackie, who's at New Hope. And then we take out the parcels for people. And there are people that are in need that have literally no food. So, and I notice at the moment we've delivered 24,000 yeah. this year so far. Yeah, yeah, it's going up by the week at the moment. Is it? It's increasing dramatically. So when we came in this morning, these were pretty much empty from last week when we did all the deliveries. I think last last year, last week, it was something over a thousand meals we delivered. So, which everybody gets three meals a day for seven days in a parcel. Right. So, and they get equivalent in a one adult bag, for instance, it's approximately about 45 pounds worth of food that they get. 
Well, I've just been talking to David, who said we could do with some more volunteers. So. Yeah, we could do with some more volunteers, um, definitely, because we are quite short at the moment, because, of course, we're getting busier, so... Just to help on a Monday morning, or...? It's just... a Monday that we, we do all this unpacking on a Monday, and then the part... So, yes, it's a Monday for unpacking and helping in the warehouse, and if it's helping with parcels, you need to get in touch with Jackie. They're always needing people to help with parcels because we never know when they're going to go out and that's five days a week really. Okay, so we'll put a little clip at the end just to say where people can contact yep, Jackie then. Yeah, yeah, so it's mainly Mondays that we do need the help, yeah, definitely. Okay. So there's quite a lot of empty shelves. Yeah, but these will be all gone for today. When I finish packing, they'll be gone. There should be potatoes there, and they're all the pies we've got. We're desperate for pies, cooked meats, potatoes, sugar, coffee. Really short. And milk. Milk. UHT milk. Thank you for the update on the food bank. Yes, thanks John for going and getting that for us. Mm. And if you would like to donate any food to the food bank, you can either drop that here um, or in the Sainsbury's at Johnfield at the, at the top of the road up there. And particularly the items that were mentioned that they need, especially at the moment, were UHT milk, um, sugar and tinned stuff, I think, is the main Tin meat, I'm getting told, uh, by Director Julia over there. Uh, tin meat are the main, the main items. So um, let's get involved as a church and help out with, with that if we can. Okay, now we'll move on to the hot topic uh, this week. And it's going to be from Mark, the Bible talk. And it's, what did Jesus say about the law? Brilliant. Well, welcome, Mark. Thank you. And welcome, Mike. Thank you. And welcome, everybody. I'm Julia to this week's Oaks Online discussion, Bible Talk. And you have just released a Bible Talk on mm. what Jesus said about obeying the law, which is brilliant. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I was, yeah, and what got me thinking about it really was that um, every morning, or at least a couple of times a week, I've got to drive to near Doncaster, and I've got to go down Bockham Parkway, I think is how you say it, and I'm driving at 40 miles an hour, because the speed limit says 40 miles an hour, and everybody else is driving straight past me. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to obey the law here. Uh, and I'm thinking, do you know what, this is really annoying, because I'd rather, I didn't have to, I'd rather go, it's a dual carriageway. So to go at sort of 60 miles an hour, even 70 would be absolutely fine. So it got me thinking about whether um, there was much in the Bible about obeying laws, and obeying the laws that we have now, not just 2,000 years ago. So I've done some work, done some looking at what Jesus said about obeying the law, and it's 
given me three dilemmas. So here's my three dilemmas, this one here. First of all, do I need to obey all the laws of the land? Secondly, should I be condemning or supporting more radical actions like say Extinction Rebellion who choose not to obey the law on purpose? And when I think about my politicians right now, both local and uh, the national ones, is it okay for me to slag off politicians? Okay, so let's take the first one first, okay? So should I be obeying all of the laws of the land? Well, Jesus said this in Matthew 22 from 15 through to 22. So that's verses 15 through to 22. Uh, the local uh, lawyers tried to capture Jesus and they said, listen, should we be paying our taxes, Jesus? Because if he'd said yes, then it makes out that he's a Roman collaborator, you know, collaborating with the oppressive Romans. But if he said no, then it makes him out to be a rebel. And of course, you can be arrested for being a rebel. So what did he do? So he said, look, pass me a coin. And it's interesting that he didn't actually have one with him at all. Whose head is on the coin and whose inscription? Well, it was Caesar's and it was Caesar's inscription. So Jesus said this very simply. He said, you need to give to God what is God's and you need to give to Caesar what is Caesar. So giving to Caesar was just the taxes. But what's left? Well, if we look around, everything, pretty much everything, belongs to God. So what can we draw out of that? Well, there's a few points. Let's just pay our taxes. You know, it pays for our hospitals, it pays for our roads, it pays for our schools. Uh, let's just do it, shall we? And then the second thing is this. God's not there to be paid a fixed amount. He's inviting us to give us, give him our everything, all that we have, all of our lives. And that makes Caesar look pretty small, doesn't it? Very nice summary, thank you. And isn't it amazing how those teeny tiny scriptures, they're so nuanced, aren't they? They're, you know, they're not just black and white, they no. can be expanded. No, he's, he doesn't want to lay the answers out on a plate to us. He mm. wants us to think and see how they fit into our time now. Mm. Thank you. You have any thoughts about that, Mike? Anything that comes to mind you want to chat? No, I mean, he didn't get any comeback on it, did he? Um, I think they just found that he was too clever for them. I mean, it was a really, really, really good response, wasn't it? Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. And then, of course, it leads on to the whole question of, well, you know, what about other laws? And what about, um, you know, politicians? And, and should we respect politicians? And, you know, are there things where actually it is the right thing to break the law? Um, which is the kind of question that I'm wanting to raise. Are there any reasons when Christians should break the law? Right. I mean, you went on to describe that Jesus did break the law mm. when he healed on the Sabbath. Yeah. Mm. And then you went on to suggest that therefore there was a sort of generic law, not law, but idea that it's okay to break the law as long as you are following God's higher law, which you sum up in the in those two commandments that Jesus gave yeah. us, to love God yeah. and to love our neighbour as ourselves. Yeah. Um, 
But that, um, that sounds really good. I mean, the other thing is that you say that the disciples, Peter, came out of prison and immediately got back yeah. to doing the things that he... Uh, and that it's all right to uh, break the law if you are obeying God. Mm. But how do you know whether you're obeying God? Because if you, if you listen to people, they hear God in so many different ways. So. Yeah, yeah. And I think we've always got to, to check, rather than being rash in our decisions, we've got to sort of think carefully. But um, I'll give you an example. I mean, you know, Caroline and I used to live out in, in Indonesia. And there it's actually illegal to share your faith with somebody else to the point that they choose to become a Christian. Mm -hmm. So if there's a law that says that they're not allowed to change their faith or I'm not allowed to talk to them about changing their faith, then that does raise the question of, uh, that, that's a, a very harsh limitation. So in my view, um, the freedom, and, and it really is just following on from what Peter did, you know, in Acts 5 there, mm -hmm. for us to be free to share our faith means that we may have to break the local law that says that you can't. So just as Jesus chose to heal um, the guy who had the withered arm on a Sunday when he weren't supposed to do work, and that was categorized as work, then there are times when we do have to say, do you know what, actually doing good in this context, which is includes telling the good news about Jesus Christ, is more important than sticking to a law which stops you doing good things. So. I mean, uh, was it Corrie ten Boom? I mean, she had a similar problem, but when the Germans came round and said something like, are you hiding? Is anybody hiding here? She says, oh yes, we've got them underneath the... Uh, the carpet there, of course, uh, which was actually true, but she said it in such a way that the it Germans... It seemed unbelievable. It seemed unbelievable, mm. but she was committed to not telling any lies, mm. which is a very hard thing for her to yeah. do when she was protecting uh, Jewish people at that time. Mm. I think the Holocaust would have looked very different if everyone had had told the truth all the time, if, you know, in that position. Yeah, I mean, there's no direct examples of, of in the New Testament of people telling the truth in God's name. Oh, sorry, people telling a lie in mm. God's name, as it were. But it's that question of when do I recognise that a law is unjust mm. uh, and therefore it's the right thing to do that I should step beyond it. Not for the sake of being a rebel, you know, and not for not not to sort of say I don't believe in authority, but it's when you're recognising that you know, in the case of Jesus, there's a guy there who's in the church, okay, and he's got this withered arm, and Jesus has this opportunity to, to heal this man. It may be the only time that he would meet him, and so he's thinking, I've got a chance to do something good here. I've got a chance to love somebody uh, in the name of the Father, um, but I'm not really supposed to do it because it's a Sunday. And so the right thing to do overrode mm. the mm. Uh, limitations that, were, that, that they were choosing to, to put upon them. Mm. Okay. Brilliant. Let's break there. Let's go back onto another section of your film. So Jesus breaks the law uh, because God's law overrules it. Uh, and another example is that in Acts 5, uh, the apostles, that's Peter and some of the other guys, have been put in prison because they're preaching the gospel. 
guess what happens? They get released and the first thing they do is go back out there and preach the gospel. In other words, they break the same law that they had just been broken and been put in prison for. And Peter says this, he says, we must obey God and not humans. Okay. So we can break the law um, when the gospel, the good news of Jesus, uh, um, love for us is being suppressed or, 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 or squashed or made illegal. And there's a clear injustice or if there's a clear injustice uh, going on. So what about something like, say, Extinction Rebellion? Uh, and if you're watching this, I mean, I'm recording this in November time, the same time as COP26. Uh, but if you're watching this much later on, then, of course, Extinction Rebellion have been doing a number of um, illegal and um, very um, disruptive protests like uh, sitting across roads or uh, you know, blocking public transport and things like that. And uh, I was talking to a friend who knows a lot more about this uh, area than I do. And, and he said this, he said, you know, it's sad uh, that it should ever come to this, that somebody or a group of people that want to save the planet choose to break the law. And it's because governments are simply not willing to take notice of people who do simply write letters and say, please, would you make some changes? So clearly some people feel they have to do something drastic. So you've talked about... Jesus breaking the law, and we mm. understand that, and there are, there are quite a lot of examples. What about sort of the here and now contemporary organisations like Extinction Rebellion? Mm. Difficult. Well, it's very controversial, isn't it? It's mm. very controversial what they're doing. And yet, the reasons they're doing it mm. are because they want this planet to, and the, all the life forms on this planet, to actually survive. Um, so their cause is, is understandable. I think most of us would feel that... Um, that their intentions are good, but the ways they go about it, mm -hmm. that's questionable. So, I don't know. I mean, you guys, Mike, what do you think? Yeah, well, I, I, uh, I like it to see some real passion in, uh, in what people are doing. Um, but I can't uh, go along with breaking the law to the extent that they are doing. And I think in large part that is due to the vast expense of it all. Mm. Uh, I was listening to a radio programme where they uh, added up how much three weeks of Extinction Rebellion cost, and I think it was well over £30 million. Pounds. So, so policing and... Um, I think that was just on policing, yeah. 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 So um, uh, I can't go along with that. I think there are... I think you've got some examples of, of people doing things which are a lot cheaper, maybe still against the law, which uh, I think if the cause is, you know, is sometimes does justify uh, breaking the law, as you've mentioned about mm. um, preaching the word, um, but also saving the planet seems uh, a, a pretty good cause. Well, here's, here's another example. I've got a friend, and he was, uh, he was in my youth group when I was... When we were all kind of teenagers, and he um, is a professional rock climber. That's what he does, and, and he writes guidebooks on rock climbing. And uh, a few years ago, when um, Aung San Suu Kyi was in um, house on house arrest, and she's back in there again, isn't she? Of course. Mm -hmm. um, but the first time around, and he wanted to bring to light what was going on and the, how the military were controlling uh, Burma. So he climbed up the Eiffel Tower. 
And you know, he puts he puts himself at risk, but you've got to bear in mind he's a professional climber. Now it didn't cost you know, 30 million pounds to, to bring him down. In fact, I think the police were quite impressed by his ability to get halfway up before they stopped him. And he certainly made the headlines, and he certainly raised the issue about um, Burma and the injustice that's going on there. But was he right to break the law? And that's something that, you know, each of us needs to think through. What am I prepared to do if it means that I am expressing my opinion and recognizing and, and spelling out when some things are, when there's injustice mm. around the world, you know, causes. So it's not about the injustice that's being done against me, it's injustice that's being done to, to other people. So it could be in terms of climate change, it could be in terms of, you know, military regimes, or it could be apartheid, as was the huge issue, you know, in the 80s. And there's lots of protests against that. Um, so what am I prepared as a Christian to stand up for? Um, or am I just going to sit quietly in my armchair and feel sad? Mm. That's the question. You know, should we actually take action? Mm. And where's the limit to our action? Yeah. I've, I know it's our, our kind of, it's kind of recent past history, isn't it? But um, the year that, that the suffragettes were kind of... Yeah. I mean, it's hard in this day and age to get your head around the limitations on, on women mm. and then what they put themselves through in order to get the vote that very often we take for granted so many people don't don't go out and vote. Um, and yeah, women really, really put themselves through terrible, terrible situations in order to make a change for, for what's right. And, and we'd think now, well, of course, <laughs> of course it's right, of course we should all vote and of course we should all have a, a voice. But it's those things and, and, and it's so easy to not appreciate um, what people have done yeah. in order to, to bring about. For us to get this far. Yeah. Yeah, so that we've got freedom. And yeah. we just take it for granted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we, we do need to encourage people in the church to, to get out there mm. and to be doing Absolutely. stuff. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah. Richard is, uh, is, a, is a prime example. He's, um, you know, he's uh, a member of Sheffield Greenpeace and he's out there outside Tesco's um, trying to persuade people that uh, what Tesco's is doing is wrong and uh, I applaud that uh, and I think we need more of that. It doesn't necessarily have to, uh, to break the law. Um, it would have been mm. lovely to have had, you know, 30 churches at the marches in Chesterfield and Sheffield about yeah climate change, but uh, I, I didn't actually see a single church banner in Chesterfield. Uh, and I have to take my hat off to the socialist workers, because they're always there. Mm -hmm. They're always there, socialist worker. But the point is, Mike, is that you turned up, you know, and there's a really good organisation called Christians in Politics, mm. uh, uh, led by a guy called Andy Flanagan. And he wrote a book a couple of years ago, and uh, it, the title is something along the lines of, you know, the people who get to make the change are the people who turn up. Mm. In other words, by engaging, whether it means turning up on a march, as you did the other Saturday, or whether it means choosing to write to your MP, or choosing to, to vote uh, about a particular case, you know, then your voice gets heard. Otherwise, you're just being silenced, and you know, when, when we're silent, we're simply grumbling. Mm. But when we speak up in reasonable complaints, or reasonable um, you know, putting our voice forward, 
then we're taking action. And, and that's exactly what Jesus did. I think these days as well with the internet and it's so easy to get information, although it has to be balanced, I think you do have to be careful what you're, or, you know, where you're getting your information from. And like you're saying, petitions and, and things, so many things are online, so you just bombard your local MP with, um, with petitions. But actually, it's that, that chipping away, isn't it? Jen? It is, and, and it used to be said that for every letter that, the, that your local MP gets, it roughly equates to 5,000 other people in their constituency mm. who feel just the same way, yeah. but they just didn't write. Mm. So let's say the three of us were to write to our local MP, which I think for all of us is, is for you, Rowley, isn't it? You know, well, maybe it isn't for you, actually. No. Uh, no. No, you've got somebody else, haven't you? Yeah. So you, we'll write to ours, and you write to yours. Okay. And um, that would represent a number of people who would also feel the same way. So it's not just, you know, Mike... Um, who, who and, and the guy just reads the letter and goes, oh, forget it, you know, throw it away. He's thinking, gosh, well, if that's what people feel, then perhaps I should represent them uh, mm. in Parliament. Um, so for us as, as a church and for anybody else who's listening, to write in mm. uh, to your local MP. And do you know what? They do actually listen. Uh, mm. Lee Rowe is a good guy, actually. Uh, and certainly, you know, I've had a number of conversations with him about... Um, you know, debt, world debt, um, and about other issues as well. And he really does want to engage with those thoughts. And, to, um, and actually, his research assistant goes to the well. Uh -huh. So uh, she doesn't, I've got to say, she doesn't necessarily vote conservative, I don't know. But there are Christians who are getting involved, and it's mm -hmm. crucial that we just don't, you know, be the silent majority. Uh, and sit majority. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, thank you. We'll go on to your last and final clip. So I'm left with my final uh, dilemma. And uh, I'm sure, you know, like me, you read the newspapers, you watch the television, and you just can't believe that this politician or that politician uh, is saying that, you know, how dare they say that? Or why have they made that decision? And it's very tempting, isn't it, for us to slag off politicians, to criticise them and to criticise them publicly. And indeed, we see politicians criticising other politicians publicly, don't we? After we read that Jesus in Matthew 23 has told us to obey the teachers of the law who sit in Moses' seat, immediately afterwards, he goes into quite a tirade to criticise those very lawmakers, those politicians. And here's an example from uh, that uh, chapter, chapter 23. It's in the version of the message, which is a, a sort of a modern day version of the Bible. And uh, he said this, he said in verse 13, he said, Do you know what, uh, teachers of the law, I've had it with you. You're hopeless, you religious scholars, you Pharisees, frauds. Your lives are roadblocks to God's kingdom. You refuse to enter into God's kingdom and won't let anyone else enter either. So he's pretty direct, isn't he? But look at it really carefully. Yes, we can criticise the actions of politicians, but let's not criticise the person. So the final section, mm. your question, is it okay to slag off politicians? Mm. <laughs> so is it okay to slag off politicians, Mark? <laughs> well, we, we've got to... Yeah, I mean, we've all got different feelings about this, haven't we? Yeah. And we've all watched, you know, people like Donald Trump, or, or maybe for you it's Boris Johnson, or maybe it was, you know, 
um, you know, a Labour politician, and, and we want to sort of shake our fist, you know. But the danger is, is that we, we shake our fist but don't actually do anything about it that's positive. In other words, we're just grumbling, really, aren't we, you know. Um, and I think I say in, in, in the clip that the important thing is, is that, yes, if, let's say it's Boris Johnson, for example, and he says, we're going to do X, and you think, oh, I don't think that's a very good idea. Talk about the policy and write to your MP to say, here are the reasons why I don't like the policy. But we don't need to criticise the person. Mm. You know, we don't need to. So Jesus never ridiculed somebody for the way they looked or for what they ate or for, you know, who their family was or anything like that. He but just he called did. them white... He did. What was it? Uh, <laughs> Whitewashed, whitewashed yeah. sepulchres or exactly. tombs or something, yeah, yeah. hypocrites. Yeah. And John the Baptist really got into them, yeah. didn't he? He yeah. called them vipers and yeah. various yeah. things like that. Didn't yeah. his words. So, but he was talking about their public behaviour. Mm. Um, he wasn't sort of criticising them personally, uh, and we've got to make sure that we don't. I'm not sure I would not take that personally if I was called a whitewashed <laughs> sepulchre. I mean. I mean, I agree with you, but I'm not sure that you can say that from from Scripture. Well, I mean, the uh, the current phrase at the moment is greenwashing, isn't it? You know, where mm. politicians will, um, you know, make out that they're doing all the lovely, cuddly, you know, green hugger tree stuff mm. yeah. uh, on the surface, mm. but underneath. So it's the same idea. You know, Jesus is is basically saying that um, the the, the leaders of the day were trying to do the right thing, or at least trying to be seen to be doing mm. the right thing. But actually, behind that, you know, they were laying down laws that the local people just couldn't. So, for example, on some days, you weren't allowed to pick up a twig mm. because you were lifting a weight and you were cleaning, and it counted as as work. Mm -hmm. So he was saying. So you're applying the laws of Moses to try and look good and to try and look as if you're being holy and following Moses, but actually you're using those things to really oppress people. Mm. Mm. Um, and so therefore he was um, saying that they were you know, whitewashed um, and, and criticising the way that they were trying to present themselves, but he wouldn't ever criticise them as, as individuals. Okay. I'll, I'll go with that. Okay. I mean, I do agree that, that, that one should um, not go for the, the person. One, in a football analogy, you should go for the ball, not the player. And exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I agree. And uh, you know, we've been talking about how to, to correct somebody that you love and you're in a sort of relationship with uh, yeah, and yeah. that you should avoid things that uh, lead to, to what is termed in the books toxic shame. Yeah. Uh, and there's an awful lot of toxic shame in politics mm. at the moment, isn't there? So, I mean, we don't need to slag off the politicians because they're busy doing it to each other, really. Um, but you're right, we do need to look at their, their policies and be active in... Uh, and I think people respect that. us if we stick to the topics, if we stick stick to the issues, mm. you know, rather than, than getting personal. Um, and of course, what I think I, I say in the, in the talk that what often we can do is be pointing a finger 
and recognising that actually we haven't sorted out what's what's wrong in our own lives first. So we have to be careful that we're not simply saying, you know, uh, I'm above this or I'm better, uh, but to recognise that, that what is uh, a particular political decision is actually causing a problem for perhaps, uh, you know, for example, the islands in the in the equator. If the uh, temperature of the world goes up, it means that the sea level will rise, and therefore, so by speaking up on behalf of other people is a far uh, wiser step to be taking than simply, you know, uh, complaining or criticising for my own benefit. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's that wider responsibility. And we touched on that in the last talk about climate change, didn't we? Yeah. About you know, that's responsibility we have for our neighbour, who's our neighbour, yeah. in those cases. Yeah, exactly. And it comes back, doesn't it, to these, you know, these two golden rules that Jesus lays down. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your, and all your strength, and love your neighbour as yourself. You know? and, in, and in other faiths as well, it talks about the kind of the, the do as you would be done, done by. Mm -hmm. you know? In other words, do for somebody else, or treat somebody else as if they were just the same as you, or even better than you. And so, therefore, if I'm um, thinking about the oppressed, you know, the poor, the hungry, uh, and Jesus says, doesn't he, uh, right at the very end of, of the Gospels, he tells a story about the sheep and the goats. Um, and uh, Jesus says, well, uh, or rather God the Father says, you know, uh, when I was hungry, did you come to me? You know, when I was in prison, did you, when I was thirsty, did you give me a drink? And so it's thinking, um, what, do I, what can I be doing that allows, that, that demonstrates, that, that expresses that I am loving my neighbour, you know, just as much as I love myself. Mm. Very good. Okay. So you were finishing off, I don't know if these are in your notes, about things to ponder. Do you like a little ponder? And I liked the first one. Where am I breaking the law when it suits me and can I justify it before God? Interesting question. <laughs> it is. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what? Most often, it's it's when we're driving our cars, yeah. it, you know, mm -hmm. and we go. I'm going to be late for this appointment. There, nobody's looking. It really doesn't matter if mm -hmm. I break the speed limits or if I, you know, park on this double yellow for a few seconds because, and then we justify it in our own. But when somebody else is doing it, mm -hmm. we're very quick to very, yeah, <laughs> yeah. shame, shame. Brilliant. Well, you've got some resources that you've mentioned. We'll get those on the screen so people can see those are the things mm. that they can follow up. Thanks, Mark, for joining us tonight. Thank you for Thank your you. Uh, yeah. Bible talk that is available on Church Suite website and YouTube. And thanks, Mike, for joining us too. Okay. And now we're going to hand over and to the rest of the team and we're going to watch the Hot Gospel. So thanks.
we've got a few notices now. And then we'll uh, finish with a worship song this week. So yeah. it's bye from us for now. Bye. Bye. We have an exciting notice coming up now. We have Experience Christmas in a few weeks. What is Experience Christmas? That's a good question, Jack. Experience Christmas is an event where we have year three and four from Drumfield Junior School coming up here to learn all about the Christmas story and experience it in a different way. So we're going to share the Christmas story with them and then they're going to come around and do different stations looking at how the Christmas story was you know, exciting from different perspectives, from different characters in the story. So I need some volunteers, really, to help us run that and just engage with the kids. You know, it's the Monday the 6th and Tuesday the 7th of December, just for the morning. Um, but if you want any more details, see the email I sent around this week or uh, come and speak to me. I'd love to share with you what we've got planned. It's a really exciting event and we're looking forward to it. There you go. Mm, I'll have to Sounds come good. down there, yeah. <laughs> You'll be at school. Yeah. You can't come, I'm afraid. No. <laughs> but hopefully you guys can. How sweet the sound Saved a wretch like me For I once was lost But now I'm found Was blind but now I see Hallelujah Christ is risen from the grave Hallelujah Christ is risen from the grave Everything has changed, hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave, hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. Oh, death, where is your seed? Oh, fear, where is your power? The mighty King of kings has disarmed you.
Through tears of joy I lift my voice In everlasting praise 